now 2023 and we've had a lot of exciting conversations over this last 12 months and I really appreciate all the people that have been involved. Just to give you a bit of an update, the whole reason for these podcasts is to help people think above average, to think that their life could achieve something pretty special. They're deciding their, the life that they want to live in and they're not just accidentally arriving somewhere. I started these podcasts and didn't know where they would lead. But over the last 12 months, I've just had the opportunity to interview some truly amazing people. I'm so thankful for their time and I'm thankful for their input. I'm really excited about what you'll learn and and how you'll grow from the time that we spend talking together. And I'd encourage you to go back and listen to some of the podcasts that we did through 2022. Now into 2023, we've got some truly amazing people to speak to. And I hope that you continue to enjoy And I hope you take on the challenge to think that your life can make a difference if you just simply take the time to plan a life you want to live in. I hope you enjoy today's interview and I hope you take away from it a challenge to live your life differently and find your full potential. Well, today I have the opportunity of uh, spending a bit of a conversation with Amy Christofferson. Now, Amy has a company and her company's name is Amy Jane HR. Another thing Amy was really excited about a few years ago was uh, deciding to take off and do a lazy lap of Oz. And you can find that blog if you uh, get onto the website. Uh, you can look it up and we'll talk a bit more about that. But so many families today are kind of wanting to get out of the rat race. They're wanting to get out of the normality of life and see if they can take things on the road. Uh, COVID really just changed our whole understanding of what was possible to be done virtually. So that, that reset uh, a lot of people's mindset on on freedom and do they have to be in the office or can they be out of the office? And some people have taken that advantage further on, still running their business virtually, and then look and say, well, gee, I could do this anywhere uh, from any part of Australia. I could, I could take it. So today we're going to have a little bit of fun talking about a lazy lap of Oz. And we're also going to have some serious conversation about a very neglected part of people's business, which is HR. And often people don't need it until they need it. And when they need it, it's often too late if they haven't established what they should have when they could have. So our conversation today will be very much shaped around how to enjoy and plan a life you want to live in through a business on purpose, which is what we're all about. But then also how to have a really serious look at their their HR and make sure it's compliant and make sure it's working for them. They're not going to step into any potholes. All right, so welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and share uh, my journey through uh, through travel and into business um, and obviously my passion for HR. So, yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate you being with us, Amy. And uh, Amy and I have been working together for nearly a year as well. You have. And, and I've got to know her and I fully appreciate her skill and ability and her customer relations and and all the things that are really critical to help us grow our business. So uh, I'm very impressed with Amy and her work. It's just wonderful to be able to share this. So you were raising a family and thought it was time to do a lap of Australia. So tell me, um, tell me how that first that idea first came into mind. And also just tell me about when you started to share that with other people, what their opinions were. Quite a long time ago now, my my kids were only tiny, they were little toddlers, and my husband and I worked really, really hard to save all his holidays, and we took off on a trip to Cape York. We had taken planned to take six weeks off, 
10 days in, we broke our car and unfortunately my grandfather then passed away all on the same day. Oh, wow. So we got shipped back to Cairns. We never made it to Cape York and we then came home. It took months and months for our car to be fixed. So then in the January of the following year, we sat down at Christmas, you know, where you sit down and decide yep. what what does life bring? And we sat there and said, you know what, if we pack up and leave and go on a trip that hasn't got an end date, then we'll just fix things and, and move on. Yes. So the thought started there. For there, we, you know, made plans then. So it was a four-year plan to travel because obviously travel wasn't as popular back then. There was only a couple of bloggers out there who were doing the work and travel thing so we made a plan we rented out our house we moved back in with my parents and we saved and we bought a caravan and a car yeah four years later we uh took off but there was definitely some ups and downs in there my mum never thought that i'd actually do it i don't think because we still lived in the hometown where we'd grown up and okay and I lived five minutes from my mum's house. So I don't think mum and dad thought we'd actually go through with it. And they were getting a bit panicky because <laughs> they'd let you come and live with them. That's right. <laughs> I think when we um, when we rented the house out and said, hey, mum, can we move back home? <laughs> she realised that we were serious about what we were doing and that we wanted to create this life for our children and an experience for our kids. And I'm kind of glad that we waited the few years because they're only two and three, I think it was, when we took off to Cape York, maybe a tiny bit older. By the time we went to travel, they were seven and eight when we left and they remember everything now. Yes. Um... So we initially, the initial plan was 12 months. We we're going to take off for 12 months, see how we liked it. We kind of just stuffed, stashed all our things away in a cupboard. Yep. After 12 months, we were like, yeah, we're so not done. So <laughs> um, we then put an open end on it and just decided to live it until we were done. And hence the name The Lazy Lap. Correct, correct. <laughs> yeah, because uh, it took us. The first year was, the first year we kind of did Tasmania, Victoria, and then up into the NT. We found really nice jobs there and they wanted us back after Christmas. So we came home for, for a little while to visit and then went back and then COVID hit. So that uh -huh. was in 2019, oh sorry, 2020. So the original trip started 2018? 20, ooh, yeah, no, 2019. 2019. We left in 2019. Yeah, wow. Um, so then, yeah, COVID hit in March of 2020. So we extended our work contracts because we kind of, nobody really knew what was going to go on. Yeah, you would have been trapped wherever you were. Too. Yeah, well, see, the, the borders at that point weren't all completely locked, but it, we were safer in the NT because there was less COVID there. Yes. Um, Health-wise for us, it was a good choice and we both had jobs. So yes. we kind of sat down there for a while. The kids were in school. Yeah, after a little while, it all just kept going on and on. So we were, we were offered a position in Darwin. So we decided to move from Alice Springs to Darwin then. So we got to explore all of the NT and then we ended up still being stuck there for a while. So we explored, we really lived it up in the NT. We love the NT. Did you move out of the caravan or stay in the caravan? No, we stayed in the caravan the okay. whole time. So we created these little communities, which were amazing. Our kids all went to school with other traveling kids. We met other families who were like-minded like us. And yeah, we've got lifelong friends now that we met during those times where we were all stuck. So we did escape to WA for a little bit to explore the Kimberley. Um, but then got stuck back in the NT when we came back to work. 
and then we yeah worked it out and we then started to make the kids were starting to raise questions they were like we miss our friends we want to play after school sport we don't want mum to be our teacher anymore what (laughs) (laughs) yeah it wasn't an enjoyable time for all of us the school the homeschooling thing as many people would have experienced during covid yeah yeah we then made the plan but we knew we still wanted to explore wa so then we took off to wa in that time we got some uh, sad news about my mum being ill. We were going to cut the trip there and then, but luckily she it's a long-term illness, so uh, we were able to finish our trip. So then we finished the trip with six months in WA, and I'm so glad we did it because it's just stunning over there. But, yeah. Um, yeah, we made the decision to come home with mum's health. The kids, Jai was starting high school, my son, so it was time to, um, time to settle down again. Mm. So, yeah, we made the trip home. And that's that's a great brief overview of the trip. And uh, we've just recently done a long trip too. And I know you kind of want to put everything in a nutshell. And we'll open up we'll open up some of the places you've been to. But when you first had this idea and you started sharing it with some friends, what were some of the opinions that the friends kind of passed on to you? And um, I obviously, mum and dad were apprehensive. Um, my husband's parents were very supportive because they're big travellers themselves okay. as well. So they were all very supportive. And I think over time, mum and dad came on board. They still didn't like that we went away for so long and that it was so long between visits. Mm -hmm. Um, They did come to visit us once as well throughout the trip. But all our friends were so supportive. As much as they missed us all, they were super supportive. You find out who your real friends are when you do something like that. We have the most connected and loving and beautiful friends now because... They supported us the whole way and they never said, oh, we wish you'd come home. That Mm. was never a conversation. It was always keep doing it until you're done, you know. And then when we said we were coming home, it was like, thank God you're coming home. We're so happy that you're coming home. Yeah, it was, um, there was lots of opinions. Um, There were so many questions from people who we didn't know as well. Okay. Because when I started sharing uh, on our blog, you start getting questions like, oh, you guys must be made of money or you're you're fully set up at home or you sold your house to travel and all of those kind of things. And we did none of those things. We had $10,000 in the bank. We had nothing. We had 10 grand in the bank um, when we left and we just made the decision that we'd work whatever and we were open to changing our careers and we were open to finding what it was that we wanted to do with our lives after. This whole I Decided series is very much around people who think above average because the average mind says i can't i can't i can't you know this is the reason i can't all and they just tell them they talk themselves out of things but then you get these people who decided well what if and then they move the what if to a if i Mm -hmm. and then the if i becomes an i will and then they start doing things that other people look at and go wow how did you do that well we all we all struggle with the same challenges yeah, no, absolutely. But some people overcome those challenges. And what were some of the original challenges that you needed to overcome to set up the opportunity and possibility of this trip? So some of the challenges, uh, the schooling thing petrified me. Right. I was like, am I going to wreck my children? Um, they fix easily. 
So I found out. So but, I found out. And yes, we've come back and maybe they're deficient in a few areas, but the experiences they've had and the learning they've had absolutely. Um, has yeah. changed who they are and who they will be when they're older as well. So um, that was probably one of the challenges. Money was the other thing because there's always going to be those last minute expenses that happen. When the car breaks the down. Car breaks down. <laughs> a week away yep, from the start. Yep. There's always going to be those things. And then there's the, I'm a planner. So okay. it was really difficult for me to commit to no plan. We planned the first couple of months to, in Tassie, but after that there was no plan. So it was literally we got off the boat from Tasmania and it was like, okay, do we go left or right? <laughs> and that was, and I think after the four months of traveling down there, I was okay with that then. But before we left, it petrified me. Mm -hmm. I've got books now that I wrote all these lists in of places I had to go and bucket list items and all this stuff. And you know what? I didn't open that book until we got home and I went, oh, look at all the things we've done. <laughs> well, even on this latest trip that we've just completed, Every single thing that we wanted to do, we've done. Yeah. However, we've probably done five times as much as what we plan to do because you just learn on the way. Absolutely. And there's so much, so much that we don't know, mm -hmm. we don't know. Yeah. No, absolutely. So what were some of the things that fitted into that category of, you know, you, start, you know now, but at the time you didn't even know that that was a question you should have asked. Yeah. So what, what were some of the early discoveries that you thought, oh, well, geez, I wish I'd have known that or, wow, you know, I'm really glad that I've discovered that and that's going to help me set yeah. up in life. I think work-wise, it was the fact that you just had to ask. Yep. No place uh, did we actually like apply for a job ad or anything like that. It was all conversations we had with people. And when the bank account got low, you just chose to stop mm -hmm. because we had the flexibility to do that. The kids and their schooling, it was, it, it was such a challenge in the beginning, but I think we found our groove afterwards. You know, the, the way that my kids learn, how they learn best, how you can weave learning into every part of your day. Mm. Um, which I struggle with now having having known every day what they were learning and now I don't know what they're learning because they've gone back to regular school. It's really difficult because it was so normal for us to have conversations in our day that revolved around what they were currently learning. So that's been a bit of a challenge after, but it, it, I shouldn't have worried about it, mm. you know, beforehand. I have a friend who's a principal who I admire tremendously. When we started traveling with our kids and taking them overseas and doing things and taking them out of school, and the um, the principal of the school, she said to me something that's just stuck forever. And she said, oh, Ian, just go. Just have the time of your life. Never let school get in the way of education. And it was exactly what you said. Your kids learn so much. Uh, travel broadens the mind, but... You do, by experience, you just learn so, so, so much. And some of the things that they've learned and the things that they remember, yeah. something will pop up on television or a conversation at school and he'll, and my kids will go, hey, mum, guess what we talked about at school today? Remember when we were at wherever it was? Yeah. And they are able to pull on their own knowledge, not something they've learned from a yeah. TV show or a, or a book. It's something mm. where they've been. They have done. a living textbook. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And they mature and they grow and they experience and they, you know, live outside the classroom and live in a, a textbook that's alive. It's It was hard to make them realise, I think, how lucky they were, but also what, like there was hard times when it was just the four of us all the time. 
to make them realise that what they were doing there and then is something they're going to remember forever. Because mm. they're um, so young, it's their normal. Yeah. Yeah. And and they struggled to remember what life was like before we travelled as well. I mean, we still live in our caravan now because we haven't committed to a house yet. Um, but we still live in a caravan and still pack it up and go away for weekends and all that kind of thing. So I don't, I don't know what we'll do when we eventually move back into a house. <laughs> it'll be it'll be interesting to have so much space. Yeah. Yeah, well, I know, again, when we got back from this last trip, and it was only seven weeks, but we got back into the house, it just felt so big. Yeah. You know, I, I remember saying to my wife, I only have to move three steps and I could make a cup of tea, uh, have dinner and then go back to bed. <laughs> and now I've, you know, it's uh, not um, a huge house, but it's still a lot bigger than a caravan. No, absolutely. Yeah. And it's all the things, all the stuff. Like um, when we made the decision after the 12 months that we were definitely going to keep traveling, we got rid of so much stuff. Mm. Um, and, and now it seems so like clutter to me. Mm. because we've lived so minimalistic for so long that it kind of feels odd to buy a lounge or, you know, have a big fridge and all of those things. And so it's been really nice to teach them that you don't need to have all the stuff yeah. all the time. You're almost equipped ready to go again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can pack up tomorrow and leave. <laughs> what, would be, what would be maybe three little bits of pearls of advice that you would give to mums who've got a husband maybe who's fired up, ready to go. And I have a friend at the moment who took off two weeks ago and his, uh, his blog site is Why Wait. And he's got two older kids and the two older kids are living back here in Newcastle, but the two younger ones are with them. He and I have done a lot of four-wheel driving together and he's got a real passion for travel. But his was, well, why wait? Let's do it now. Yeah. And it's... Uh, so what, what, what advice would you give to mums that... Uh, yeah, it's maybe three or four pearls of advice to say, it's okay. You yeah. can do this. Don't sweat the small stuff. Okay. Uh, make sure that you live in the moment. Let's flesh out some examples of that for me. There's always going to be dishes in the sink. There's always going to be... Bedtime is great, but do they really need to go to bedtime at the exact minute every single day? Go and watch the sunset together. Go and let them run on the beach till the sun goes down. If they wake up early, go and watch the sunrise together. So, just snuggle on the lounge. I've got mm. photos because I love my photography as well and I've got photos now of where one of the kids has just picked up the camera and taken photos of me snuggling on the lounge with the other one. They're some of the most precious photos because you remember where you were and what you yep. were doing and yep. all those things. So I think living in the moment and realising what you've achieved to get to that point mm -hmm. is really important and that's probably really important to input into our normal lives as well not just to pack up and travel, but to live a bit in the moment, take a breath and look around you and see what you've achieved and where you're at. Not always be looking forward to what's next. Sometimes it's nice to just sit there and enjoy that bit. I think also for mums, we probably overthink things a lot, overthink what could happen. And usually all the things that you think could happen are a hundred times worse than what will actually happen. So I think that not overthinking it you know, yes, you need all the things to make life comfortable. And that was one of my things. We had to have a caravan. I wasn't doing it in a camper trailer. You know, we were living full time. Little th things like that. 
making the decision of what you really need and absolutely need. The kids don't need 10 sets of clothes. You're going to, you've got a tiny washing machine. You're going to wash every three days or two days anyway. You know, those kind of things don't, don't overthink it and don't overplan it. Is that three? I don't really know. We're getting close. <laughs> what, what, what's a real, uh, a practical uh, tip? that you learn in, in regard to simply functioning every day around tips like washing or fridge space and pantry space and uh, just um, the everyday things that still have to happen while you're away. Yeah, my rule, the kids hate it now because it's still my rule, the sink has to be clean every night. So it doesn't matter whose responsibility it is, but that sink needs to be empty and the bench needs to be clean before we go to bed each night because... You wake up fresh the next morning and you're not trying to catch up from the day before, especially in such a small space. Yeah. I think that the food is, I did a lot of food prepping when we were traveling because that gives you more time in your day. If you've got things that are already prepared a week ahead or whatever, then you can go watch that sunset. You can do all those things. You can stay out later exploring and know when you get home, you've just got to boil some rice or whatever. Yeah. Um, those things were really important to me, as well as responsibilities for the, for everybody. Okay, they're not all they're not all your jobs. Yep, they're everybody's jobs. So when we pulled up at a place, each of our kids and my husband, we all had our own jobs to be able mm -hmm. to get us set up. We were set up in ten minutes every time, and we'd have people looking at us going, "Wow." How, how do you do that so quickly? And I'm like, it's because everybody has their job. Mm. Everyone gets out the car and goes and does their job. Realizing as a mum that everything's not your job, planning of the trip's not your job. Quite often I sat the kids down and said, this is where we are. This is where we need to be. Show me, find me where we're going to go in between and let them do it. Sometimes you need to learn to take the hands off. Yeah, well, you can teach them about uh, map planning, about geography about geology about physics and science everything that yep. is is so practical as you travel absolutely fuel where the fuel yep. stops are how far can we go all of those things they can learn all of that and it doesn't have to be yours and your and your partner's responsibility every yeah. time what's some of your favorite places that you've seen oh i love this question can I just say the whole of Tasmania? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Every time you turn your head around a corner in Tasmania, there's another picture postcard photograph. Mm -hmm. If you've never done Tassie, it's an absolute bust. It is, it is. And don't just think you can do it in a week because it's such a small place. We spent four months there and we still didn't yeah, take wow. everything off. From there, I loved Alice Springs. Okay. Uh, there is a lot to do in Alice Springs and... There, there's so much hiking and we really got into geocaching out there, mm -hmm. which is awesome for the kids to go searching. And again, it's more skills. It's were you right in Alice itself or were you? We were staying just outside, just outside the gap. So right. just between the mountains, um, which was lovely. So we didn't stay in the city. Yeah, because um, we there's, there's a little bit of tension going on in the city there. Yeah, there's lots of tension there. Yeah. And it's always been there. It's just been yeah. highlighted more recently. More we found our people and we found great friends there. And I think once you find your circle, yeah. um, you find the place. But there's so much exploring there that it's amazing. And then it would have to be the Kimberley. And when we did the Gib River Road, it's probably, mm. it was just absolutely stunning. There was we jumped off waterfalls and did amazing hikes and drove the dreaded corrugated road <laughs> with the caravan at 20 k's an hour <laughs> yep. um but we did it and it was amazing it was such an amazing adventure to be off grid and out of phone service and all of those things mm. so 
Yeah, and I mean, the WA coast is probably amazing, but we've got so much exploring still left to do. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> There's always something else to go and see. How far did you get around the Great Ocean? Uh, sorry, the, um, uh, the Great Australian Bight and that area there. Did you get to see some of that? Yeah, so we did. We basically did the coast all oh, the way beautiful. around of all of WA. So we um, went all the way down to Bustleton and down and around and through the Great Forests and yep. across to Esperance. Good. And then we came back up and across and did the Great Australian Bight, mm. parking on the Bunda Cliffs, backing the caravan up so that you're right on the cliff. It was windy as. The sunrise and the sunset there was just unbelievable looking across those cliffs. So it's just amazing country, absolutely amazing. It's It's one of those things that's so difficult to explain. Mm-hmm. You just have to experience it. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. And it's there, like there and... Um, uh, the Air Peninsula, the York Peninsula, the even the western end of the Great Ocean Road, yeah. all those areas there, you've just, you can explain it, but you never feel like you do it justice. No, that's exactly right. That's yeah, a... we, you know, down at Coffin Bay and all that kind of thing down in South Australia was just absolutely mm. stunning. The colour of the water and how pristine it is down there it was just beautiful. Well, it's, yeah, it is truly, truly an amazing place this country we are so privileged to live in absolutely and getting out and exploring it is is tremendous so yeah so tell me how you established your businesses and how you were able to kind of keep the business going while you were traveling it would be two years ago this month i think that um, i was having a conversation with a really good friend of mine i was providing her with some hr support so I'd kind of done my HR and then I had a little bit of a career change when the kids were little and I did early childhood education for a while. Then we went off to travel. I still, I always found myself going back to HR. I was, um, I was always helping friends with who were small business owners and doing bits and pieces here and there. So my friend said to me, she's like, why, why don't you do this as you finish your travels? She said, there's no reason why you can't be doing a lot of this work remotely. She said, so many people are doing it these days since COVID. And I was like, yeah, okay. So I started investigating then and I did a course that helped me set up my business virtually to make sure that I was protecting myself and protecting my clients. Um, And then I went on to started a couple of subcontracting roles, like the one with Admin & Co where you and I connected. From there, it kind of grew. I think all my clients have all come from word of mouth. So I've obviously delivered to clients and then they've told other people. And I set up my business while we were traveling. I would have one certain day a week where I was always in phone service. Mm -hmm. And around Australia, it's quite challenging sometimes to be in phone service. You'd think that there would be lots of places, but there's a lot of places that don't have service or enough service to work online. So we always planned our travels around me being in service and that would be my full work day. Would... And, and you can you can do that now. We, yeah. We've got a little what we call dishy, uh, <laughs> which is our um, little thanks to Elon Musk, yeah, uh, little satellite that we have, and we did voice over the internet, which was very easy as well. So so you can explore those options. They're, they're not cheap, but the freedom that they give you and the you know you've got our, our internet through uh, through dishy was even better than what we get at home. Yeah, so. we used a, a technology called a Selfie Go, yep. um, which is like a booster. So as long as you've got one bar of 3G service, it will boost it to almost full. So we use that. So I quite often did all my meetings from the front seat of my truck. Um, 
<laughs> Lots of my clients learnt what it looked like in the back seat of our truck and whether my kids had left all their stuff around. Yeah, so I we just made it work. We made it work. And, yeah. and, um, and then I would do work here, there and everywhere. So wherever it fitted in with our schedule, if it was a rainy day, I would sit and do work that day or um, I'd do it late at night once the kids went to bed or... Whenever it suited me, I just really embraced the flexible working. Key to that was communication with my client, making sure that they were... One of our first conversations was always the fact that I was traveling and that I was in and out of service all the time, setting an expectation. Yep, setting expectations. So I would always set an expectation of Mm. when um, a project would be delivered uh, and stuck to that. You Mm. made it work, made it, made Mm. it stick. So, and I guess that's why my business over the last 12 months has well and truly more than doubled. Again, I'm still getting just word of mouth. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they were the key things, I guess, while I was traveling. Um, I feel like lots of my clients had all these projects in the background that they were like waiting for that day that I said that I was full-time in my business and there was more hours in my day. Yeah, I just got to the point where I had so many client inquiries it coincided really well with coming home and settling down again. What's one of the major obstacles that you had to overcome and why are you glad now that you overcome that and it didn't kind of overcome you? Um, I think one of the major concerns I had was selling myself. I love to deliver, but I struggle to sell what my, which I guess is, how I've ended up with word of mouth sales yep. because the other people do the selling for me. Yeah, sales is definitely not my forte, but I love to tell a story. So mm. as you can tell, I love to explain why HR is so important to small businesses and you can hear my passion in the way that I explain it. And I love making it simple for small businesses because those things are so important in 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 life and in business because like you said at the beginning it's when it goes wrong that they mm. realize they should have mm. done it differently so i guess i it was selling my idea was probably the major challenge um and finding what part of hr i love to do the most although i my first ever job in hr was in recruitment and account management and I think from that day, I realized that recruitment was not for me. That's not my forte. Uh, I love to do pretty much all the other things in HR, but not the, not the recruitment stuff. Mm. So I made the decision very early on that I would exclude that from my service offerings. And it was like a weight lifted off me yep. when you make that decision. And now I'm focusing even more so on the things that, that are passionate passions of mine look after working now myself with over we've worked with over 300 businesses one of, i would say the biggest neglected area of of a business is hr yep. uh, because it's you know they'll do all the the upscale, uh, upscale of skill they'll talk to the accountants they'll do all the compliant they'll do all the just all the different areas of growth and marketing they'll study but when it comes to hr they just they sit there in this, I hope I hope we've done the right thing. I hope it's all right. And not looking at the real true compliance that sits behind what's necessary in the HR part. So what are some of the things, one of the key areas that you find businesses consistently overlook? I feel like they 
overlook how much uh, preparation they should do before they before they bring employees on. Uh, I think that absolutely getting your contracts in place and not necessarily using the free templates that are out there because there's no protections in those contracts for your business. The other thing is setting policies and procedures in place so that your new employees know your way of working and, and how you work in your business. Yep. And the other thing is then making sure that you meet the legislation. Legislation is not easy to interpret. Quite often you don't know where to go to get that inf- get the correct information to make mm. sure you're paying your employees correctly. Are you paying their superannuation right? Are you paying all their allowances and all of those things, minimum shift lengths? And I've had so, so many small business owners think that they can just pay employees a flat rate all the time and it's okay. And it's not. It's not okay. There's If they fall under awards, there's overtime and there's weekend rates and there's all those things. So there's so many areas of HR that it can go wrong and you only have to take a small look at the fair work ombudsman site to see that the fair work team are always investigating yeah um and that they quite often target certain industries your industry could be next and and the beauty of it is if you if you do get it right and you're thoughtful and intentional about how you recruit you know i I say to people you know you don't task and ask you recruit intentionally and, and our book, uh, Recruitment Versus Hiring, is very much about setting a plan in place to make sure we recruit intentionally and we recruit deliberately and we set that person up for success. Absolutely. You need to set the expectation of what success looks like in that role. Yeah. And you should be recruiting not just for their tangible skills but also for their personal qualities that are going to fit with your values and your mission within your business, um, are they going to deliver on that and be passion, as passionate about it um, as you are? Because mm, that keeps your soul in your system. Because your procedures and policies and processes, they're your presence when you're not present. That's right. However, if you don't have that system and you don't put a system together, nobody knows really what to do. That's exactly But right. then if you have a system where a business is so system-orientated and there's no soul in the system, then it's like robotic Absolutely. Um, so the key then is to mix this soul, what you've mentioned there, the, the heart of what it is you're doing, why, why you're doing what you're doing, yeah. and mix that in so beautifully in a, in a dovetailed way into, into getting this system working and getting the people's heart in the system. Absolutely. And then seeing a business that can flourish even without the owner there so they can do a lazy lap of Australia. <laughs> That's exactly right. Or, or manage remotely. Or, you know, do some mission work overseas if their heart's in the passion in that way. Or but if they have family overseas and someone passes, they can they can go and be with the wider family and, and just share memories and share heart together and at times that are difficult. So there's lots of great advantages in having this, the HR side of what you do manage well. Absolutely. And that's why I tend to call it your way of working. It's not It's not a policy and procedure. It's like how you do what you do and what's what the driving force is and, and all the, the things that you are passionate about and how you integrate those into what you do every day. No, that's that's wonderful. In closing today, I just there's a challenge that I'd like to um, to put to you. You've kind of balanced the mum, you've balanced the businesswoman, you've balanced 
traveling and you've balanced working remotely. I haven't asked too, sorry, what, what, what does your husband do with his line of work that allowed him to work while you travel? Yeah, so he's a diesel mechanic and crane operator, so very wanted skills. So right. he, um, we did a combination with him. He's got his own business also, so he did a bit of contracting work along the way, but he ended up working for quite a number of crane companies along the way, and he just would walk in and ask for a job, and quite often they said, yes, please. Yeah, on the spot. So um, he's yeah. never had an issue with getting work. So, yeah, that's what he did as we traveled as well and diesel mechanics pretty handy when you've got a, a few moving parts as you're traveling correct correct he, uh, i felt like he was always fixing something <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and it's reality it's a team you know yeah. that what you're doing but of all the things that you had to balance in that place of the mum the the school teacher the the businesswoman creating business and growing business the yep. client matter what was the most difficult for you whole uh, area i think it was finding the finding a balance and i don't know whether you'll ever find a balance but it was finding that way that worked for us that all of those things could work at the same time the moving parts the moving parts yeah. because sometimes the kids schoolwork takes longer than you thought and you'd plan to do client work after that and this amazing place got suggested to you by the neighbor and you really want to see that but you're only here today you know it was it was always that juggling act i guess of mixing all of those things in and not losing who you are as a mum, as a person. You know, I'm Amy as a person, but I'm also all those other things. All those other hats. So I, I think it was really important to find the balance, as it were, between all of those moving parts and still realize what amazing things you were doing. Okay. I was impacting so many clients' lives. I was showing my children what else is out there you know mm. how to how to be adventurous how to be resilient how to do all of those things i was trying to be an amazing wife as well you know and not lose who we were and make sure that we were still heading on the same path together so yeah it was definitely the <laughs> trying to bring the whole picture together and and make sure that you were doing all the things well mm. and that they weren't not one part of that that was hurting the other bit sure when i'm working with clients they often express that how do we get balance into our lives my experience is everyone who seeks balance finds guilt mm -hmm. because they always feel guilty about the fact that they haven't got things in order and i say well if you could forget balance just forget it altogether yeah. and try and work for harmony yeah and rather than think about balance say how can i harmonize my life so all these different facets of life work together and, and rather than kind of putting things in little boxes and say, well, I need to focus on that, I need to focus on that, I need to, is creating a harmony and just say, well, this did go a bit longer. I'll pick up a little bit of that later on. This this has given us a bit of time. This we want to see. And it trumps all the other priorities. Yeah. And then live in this harmony of, of just letting life happen and move. That's right. Yet still have responsibilities to commitments. Yeah but understand harmony rather than balance. Absolutely. And it's, I think um, uh, building into that your boundaries or your not negotiables is yes. super important. So for me, Fridays, I don't work Fridays. It's my day. It's the day that I get to spend with my mum or I get to go and get my hair done or I get to be me yep. and not mum, business owner, all those things. It might involve me doing the food shopping. And actually I quite enjoy the food shopping these days because I get to switch off and 
just wanders wander aisles but I think it's setting those boundaries of what's finding what those things are that are most important to you and then building in all the other things around it there's a cool video I've seen about a was a teacher who put he put golf balls into yep. the bowl first and then he put pebbles in and is your life full is your life full and he showed that fill it to the brim but it's about making if you if you put the little things in first before the big things that are important you're they never going to fit, fit. The, they don't fit yep. um and i think that that really hit home for me that making sure when i'm planning my weeks and my months and my years that i'm putting all those big and important mm. things in first we actually have that example in the office at warners bay and uh, if anybody wants to experience that i can firsthand show them how that works and it's so true you just don't put the little stuff in first that's right all the big things go first yeah and it's so incredible what can happen yeah 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 anything's possible what's probable is what you plan yep so yeah, you get some planning one day your life will be reduced to a sentence or a paragraph and so, someone will say something about amy i know this is not something we like to think about but it's reality it we'll, we'll get a little plaque one day and it it has our life story in a paragraph or or even a, a longer maybe sentence. What would you like that sentence to say about Amy? I want it to say that I was an amazing person in all the roles in my life, but I most want to be remembered that I chased the things I was passionate about and showed my children how to do that. Mm -hmm. I think they're probably the key things that drive me all the time and drive me drive the decisions i make and the things that i do so i think yeah chasing chasing down those dreams uh and doing it i guess as a family um is is yeah what i would love to be remembered for that's great we'll probably have to just um uh, edit a few of those things that all won't fit on a plaque <laughs> no, but, but if we condense it down one of the things I've loved watching your life, Amy, is that you're a living example to your children about how to have fun in life. Yeah, absolutely. And, and how to just really uh, capture everything that life might be able to present to you and enjoy it yeah. uh, and enjoy it as a team. Yeah. These little lives that you get in your hands yeah. as, as parents, boy, that goes quick. It does. And if you don't seize the day while you've got them there with you, um, there's so many missed opportunities and and you're not missing any of those opportunities. No, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I've got a teenager in a couple of weeks, my first teenager, and it's scaring the, the bejesus out of me <laughs> that uh, that we've made it this far. I feel like it was only yesterday I was holding this tiny five-pound baby. So, yeah, it goes too fast, and you've got to make the decision yeah. to enjoy the stuff now. Mm, mm. Yeah. No, that's good. Oh, I really appreciate your time, and, and I know this will be an inspiration to those who are considering doing um, some extended time or they're looking at working remotely or they're looking at planning a life they want to live in that's different to the way they're running it now. It's it's exciting to see somebody who's had the courage and determination and, and just really looked at what's significant that they need to do uh, rather than thinking it's too spectacular and I've got to give it a miss. It's no. beyond me. Just go and do it. So thanks for your time today. And thank you for everything that you do for us to help our business. No and uh, it's been wonderful to get to know you. And uh, I hope it's a long, a long relationship because it's good, really good to be able to work together. Yeah, no so, problem. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. So 
we've got a, from our last trip, we've got a bunch of people that we're trying to get in contact from uh, all over uh, Australia, and we'll start to present some of those recordings to you. Um, we've met the owner of the Mad Max Museum in, in Silverton, out near Broken Hill. We've um, got into the Flying Doctor Service. We've uh, met some just truly amazing business people on our travels. So we'll be starting to put those recordings together over the next few months and send them out. And I really appreciate you being part of our I Decided series. That's it from me now. I look forward to uh, catching up with you again soon for a conversation. And please feel free to go back and listen to any of our previous recordings. I really enjoyed the conversation that we had with Amy. And I'm really looking forward to the next ones as they unfold. If you've got any suggestions about people you think I should interview for I Decided, uh, please let me know. You can send the information through the website or give me a call. Thanks again, and I look forward to sharing another conversation with I Decided soon.